Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 3rd, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 159, the last paragraph on the page. Today's readers are Sally A. on the 12 Steps, Isabella F. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Deborah R., Larry K., and Hoodie R. The reference number for yesterday, Wednesday, November 2nd, is 9227, and our newcomer greeter is Susie K. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states each group but has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Add a vision for you, big book study. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sally A. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Sally A., the 12 steps. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for allowing me to do service this morning. Pass. Thank you, Sally A. And Isabella F., would you please read the 12 traditions? 
Good morning. This is Isabel F. from Massachusetts. I'm a receive um, overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon A, unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he, ex he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, A, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and the A name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Isabel F. Uh, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the direction in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. When you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 159, the last paragraph that begins a year and six months later. I will ask Deborah R. to read two paragraphs and focus comments on the second paragraph, please. Morning, Deborah. Good morning, fellows. Good morning. Good morning. Um, thank you for allowing me to do service. Um, a year and six months later, there later these three had succeeded with seven more, seeing much of each other. Scarce an evening passed that someone's home did not shelter a little gathering of men and women happy in their release and constantly thinking how they might present their discovery to someone 
to some newcomer. In addition to these actual get-togethers, it became customary to set apart one night a week for meeting to be attended by anyone and everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. Aside from fellowship and social ability, the prime object was to provide a time and place where new people might bring their problems. Outside the outsiders became interested. One man and his wife placed their large home at the disposal of a largely or strangely assorted crowd. This couple has since become so fascinated that they have dedicated their home to the work. Many a distracted wife has visited this home house to find loving and understanding compassion among women who knew her problem, to hear from the lips of their husbands what had happened to them, to be advised how her own wayward mate might be hospitalized and approached when he next stumbled. And again, thank you. Good morning. And um, by the grace of God, when I realized I got to read on this paragraph, um, he opened the page for me on Dr. Bob and the good old timers and the house that they're referring to when this couple on a Wednesday night um, is T. Henry Williams and his wife Clarice and they held this meeting in their home along with other members and people became interested. Um, For me, I'm just grateful that the meetings got started. There were people who had an interest, though they weren't, um, Clarence and T, I don't believe, were alcoholics, but they certainly had an interest in the Oxford group and Bill and Bob's um, continued sobriety. It was also like the beginning of another 12-step program for the wives or those concerned, and it gave a chance to get the problem, the elephant in the room, out into the open so all could understand and begin to recover, to support each other. It's um, because they did, they they had, as I said, understanding, compassion among women who knew her problem. So here was a new way to get support. She's not alone anymore, or be it the, the other could be the other way around back then. It was primarily the men in the beginning. But they actually, I found out from my reading that Henry T., um, every Wednesday night from the summer of 1935 through the late 1939, then the meeting moved to Dr. Bob's house for a few weeks, and then from there the meeting was held in the King's School in January of 1940. So from humble beginnings of a few people to um, about four years in Henry T's house, along with his wife, um, meetings went on every week where they could gather and discuss and not only their problem, it mentions their problem, but I'm sure, and it was before the big book was actually wrote, so they didn't have a big book, but they had to, you know, it was a trial and error um, to find out what worked and what didn't work, and there they can came and allowed other people to learn um, that something's happened here, and um, you can have this thing too. 
And with that, I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Deborah R. Who would like to share on the second paragraph that was read? This is Sharon W. Okay, Sharon W. Who else would like to share? Caroline S. Caroline S. Anyone else? Sandra D. Sandra D. Okay, let's start with those three. Go ahead, Sharon W. Good morning. I'm Sharon, the compulsive overeater in Atlanta, and this is very, this paragraph says quite a bit because they were sharing, and because they were sharing, outsiders became interested and started um, to come to the, um, the home of these people who were selfless to open up their home to strangers. Uh, they were glad to do it, and ha- even though the crowd was strange and assorted, they still, that didn't matter to them at all. And that also gave it, the meetings gave the women an opportunity to see and to hear what their husbands had been going to. And when they came to these meetings, um, they found love and understanding uh, and uh, companionship. People who were other alcoholics who were like them. And it was real important to have a loving and understanding relationship because being an alcoholic or a compulsive overeater, you're alone a lot. And there seems like there's no hope sometimes and no place to get help. But they provided help there free of charge with lots of, I'm sure they had fun as well. And... um with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon W. And Caroline S., please go ahead. Hi, this is Caroline S. in Maine. Um, and, you know, these paragraphs and this paragraph um, really make me think about kind of this, you know, the disease of isolation and how, as human beings, we have this innate drive to we we're we're social creatures by nature and um this you know this fellowship really supports that part of our, our personalities and and being around others is you know what helps us get better and, and being able to relate with others our problem and I know that it doesn't matter what you look like and um, you know, what size you are, what shape you are, where you come from, um, we have something in common, even just being human, and but especially with this this malady that we we carry, and um, the hospitality that we receive when I go to any meeting, if I'm traveling somewhere and I walk into an OA meeting, um, I know that I'm home and I know that I'm amongst family um and and 
the, I mean, that's kind of the beauty that they show and this, this started is, is, you know, allowing anyone to come into their home. And that's very also trusting of, of humans and, and putting faith into to people and, and really dedicating themselves to helping them get better. And also, I underline this, um, you know, that my understanding companionship among women who knew her problem. I mean, that's, we're relating with each other um, and being able to talk about these things with each other and knowing, you know, knowing what, what we have in common about this and being able to talk about it is just such an important part of this program. And thank you very much for sharing, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Caroline S. And Sandra D., please go ahead. Hi, this is Sandra D. from Boston, newcomer to Vision. Um, the thing I liked, to, two things that came to me in this reading was the first line of the second paragraph, outsiders became interested and I feel like an outsider, an outsider because I feel like I'm peeking a look into vision, and I love what I see. So I won't be an outsider for long, I hope. And then it also talks about how they opened their home, and I want to say that I'm grateful for my sponsor who opened her life pretty much to sponsor people, and I was one of the lucky ones. Now, that's my sponsor in regular OA, not in Vision. And I'm just grateful for that, and I'm very grateful for discovering Vision um, at a convention a couple of years ago. And I've just been dabbling, but I'd like to get more involved. And that's it. I pass. Thank you, Sandra D., and welcome to you. Okay, who else would like to share on this paragraph? Tina S. Tina S. Who else? Okay, Tina, go ahead, please. Rachel W. Oh, and Rachel W. Got your word, Rachel. Anybody else before we go to Tina? Hello, this is uh, Maria. I just wonder. Hello? Hi, my name is Maria. Yes. I I like to know how can I get uh, involved in the program and how can I get help. Okay, we'll have someone at the end of the meeting. If you can just hang on, we'll have a newcomer greeter explain that to you uh, at 5 of 8 this morning. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, can you put on the list? This is Sarah W. Sure. Thank you, Sarah. I'm Melissa C. Thank okay. you. Okay. Great. Okay, we have Tina S., Rachel W., Sarah W., and Melissa C. Please go ahead, Tina S. Thanks, Kathy, for your service. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. You know, it just hit me this morning, and I, I, I've read this many, many times, and uh, for many years I think I took this paragraph for granted. Uh, you know, and it talks... 
to me today, you know, it talks about people that uh, who are not alcoholics or compulsive eaters, and they see a movement that is working, so they want to be supportive. And uh, what a gift that is for the people in our lives today. And uh, certainly this would not be happening today because we're self-supporting through our own contributions, so we would not be accepting the donated home or area for a meeting. We would certainly be self-supporting. And I, and I just have to say that because sometimes I want to, you know, oh, let's do it over here because it's costing us nothing, you know. And But back then, this was this was the course you know what I mean and through this all the traditions came about and stuff like that but to have the people be so supportive for something that they're seeing finally something is working for these alcoholics so how can I be helpful how can I get them together in a place you know and and so this for me is what it was it was a place that people of like-minded like-minded people with the same uh, disease and the same solution can get together and um, and work this out and and what a gift because if this had not happened and I and I just want to say thank you for the person who gave the history prior on because you know I've been around quite a while and I didn't really even know all of that and I'm so grateful that somebody is uh, willing to share that with me and just real grateful that today you know I know that there are people out there that even though they don't do not have this this disease they are very supportive and they're encouraging and with that I'll pass thanks. Thank you, Tina S. And Rachel W., please go ahead. Thank you so much for your service, and thanks to everyone that's here today. My name is Rachel W. I'm a recovered compulsive reader calling from New York. And um, I'm just really, you know, struck by the fact that, you know, this whole movement and all these people coming together, you know, it's, it's, an, it's attra- the attraction of it isn't, you know, to, to learn a new skill or to be trained in something, you know, the attraction is that there were very sincere individuals who were transformed, you know, and they, and, and who, who got in touch with their disease and, um, and used, you know, a few simple principles of getting themselves to a different place in it with a spiritual experience, you know, and so, you just the idea that that's what's attractive. What's attractive is authenticity. What's attractive is I can sit here today and tell you I'm not perfect, and this is how I'm I'm living today. You know, when I'm leaning into this process, and um, also I'm I'm thinking of the the time that um I was I had just had a baby, and I and I really wanted a meeting near me. We just moved, and um. I just went to my local, the mayor in the local village hall, and I asked him if we could start a meeting here, and um, and he said yes, and then we started a meeting, and it wasn't, it wasn't so difficult, you know, it wasn't such a so hard to to, in other words, it's it, you know, we're talking about people driving long distances and going through a lot of effort. I mean, it's amazing we can have two people and we have a meeting, you know. All we need is they say, you know, um, there's that saying about having a coffee pot. I don't mention that, but like, you know, just a room, two people, and the big book, and you could have a meeting anywhere. And um, and I have been to meetings in places around the country and and overseas, and it's um, it's so powerful just to have this bond and and to be so connected no matter where I go. And I just want to also end off by saying that you know, being attracted to this and coming in and finding home and a safe haven and, you know, that was all great and 
that worked and that was wonderful. But at some point I had to acknowledge that I was part of the herd, that I did have a response, that I do have a responsibility here. And I had to acknowledge that, um, that included that in those private moments of, um, of deciding, you know, what should I do? Should I binge? Should I not binge? Um, to me, it's as easy as that. It is, you know, choosing to stay abstinent is, is it's how we, um, well, it's how I give back to this fellowship and, it's such a um, it's such a beautiful thing. So I want to thank you for allowing me to share. Wishing everyone a great day. Thanks. Thank you, Rachel W. Uh, Sarah W. Please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service, Sarah W. Very grateful, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, a couple of thoughts came to me when we were sharing this. One was, you know, the idea of a haven. A haven is a safe place, a place where I can feel. Um, you know, just there's there's no danger around me. And I think that's what really our meetings need to be, um, to be a place where people want to come back to. Also, the idea uh, when I had my face-to-face meeting yesterday um, and we talked about commitments. You know, these, these people were committed to help other people, committed. And commitment means that, you know, even when I don't want to go, I go. I go to be a part of. You know, even when I don't want to do something, I do it because I'm committed to it. And I think that's kind of a lot of the problem that happens with people. You know, they, they start out real strong. You know, I want the help. I want to be, I want to change. I want it. And then when they realize that there's a lot of work and that that takes a lot of commitment and sometimes we just have to do what we don't want to do, you know, even though we know it's the right thing to do, it like gets too much. Or maybe we think that that commitment means that it has to be perfect and it really doesn't. So I was thinking about one other thing and that is those who live the message are the message. You know, that we really have the ability, not through what we say, but how we live, what we do. Um, and, and also I think the idea, you know, my husband and I are both in, in recovery, and the thing that comes up for us is so often our home is like this. We do have people that come into our home that are from the program, that are um, that are looking for a haven, and, you know, to be welcoming, to show that it really works. The program really works, but we have to be willing to do the work and to be committed to it. And I think um, the idea that... Um, uh, to dedicate ourselves, you know, my program goes with me through every aspect of my life. It's, it's not like it's just on this line. I, you know, when I get off the line, I continue to be, you know, to practice the principles in all my affairs, to practice the steps, to do all those things. And that's why there's long-term recovery that happens with us. So I welcome everybody that's here. I love to hear new new people share on the line. I'm so glad you shared this morning, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Uh, Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, you know, what really strikes me today is um, how all-in, you know, these people were. Um, In fact, Opening your home, like giving your home over to that, um, people in and out of their house that they didn't know, but they, they knew that there was a solution here. And so um, it just tells me the importance of being completely, entirely committed to my recovery, you know, and that's, um, it's like answering the phone. It's like returning phone calls. It's, it's doing the work. It's making 
outreach calls. It's um, getting here on the line. You know, that's, that's how I um, grow my fellowship. That's how I, I get all in. And um, also that um, no, there is no profit here. You know, when I think back on every other thing I tried in all my 48 years um, and how ineffective every other, you know, every other avenue I went. Why? You know, why was it ineffective? I was still, I wanted to stop eating. I wanted to, you know, lose weight. I wanted it. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, was it, um, you know, not the will of my higher power because there was so much profit involved? I think about um, how many businesses made a lot of money off of my suffering and off of the suffering of so many others. And here is this incredible, you know, program that's free. You know, it, it's so um, available to all of us. And um, But it, for me, it requires all in. You know, I can't, I've got to, I can't linger in the hallway. I have to actually open up the door and step in entirely. And, um, and when I do that, you know, this, this recovery is here. You know, and, and I too am excited when I hear people calling that, um, because there is a buzz about this meeting, because the people who are having recovery, you know, who are getting recovered from this meeting. And, um, and I think the reason why is that we are all in. You know, I don't hear a lot of half, uh, half in. I don't hear a lot of the watered-down message. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Is there anyone else who wants to share on this before we move on? Okay, Larry Kay, would you read the next paragraph? Jenny S. Oh, I'm sorry. Who is that? Jenny S. Jenny S. Okay. Anyone else? Okay, Jenny, you'll be our last share before we move on. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I love this, and I love that this is still happening today. You know, we have a small face-to-face -face meeting here, and um, through the generosity and the support of others, we are able to meet just because, not because they are compulsive overeaters, but because they care about the work that we're doing and they care about us. You know, we have a church that opens its door to us in support, and we don't have the money in our group to have a building we don't have the money to do landscaping. We don't have the money for electricity or insurance. Um, we make a contribution out of our collection, but it's because of the generosity and the love and the support of the people in the church that we are able to meet. They care about us and our recovery. And I'm so blessed that what was happening way back then is still happening today. And I also love the description of this group and this fellowship way back when, you know, this was an open meeting. Everyone was welcome. You didn't have to be sober. You didn't have to be working the steps. Um, you didn't even have to think you were an alcoholic. Everyone was welcome. And it talks about newcomers were welcome to bring their problems. And they had a lot of problems. They had family problems. They had marriage problems. They had financial problems. They had the standing and their reputation in the community. But this group is open to everyone. Everyone is welcome to come and 
and hear the message and join in the fellowship and the love and the gaiety and the joy that they found. And it was attractive. And I love that too. It talks about the fellowship of OA. And I think there's there's different kinds of meetings and there's a different time and place. Um, this is not treatment. This is not intensive work. Um, this is not about being perfect. This is about just feeling welcome to come and experience the hope and the joy. And I know when I went to my first OA meeting, they did talk about the steps. Um, they did talk about abstinence, but I wasn't ready to hear it. You know, what I saw was the negative. I saw people that weren't abstinent. Um, I saw what I thought was not recovery. So it wasn't the group. It was me. You know, they did everything right. They welcomed me. They loved me. They offered me fellowship, and that's what I needed at that time. And then when I was ready to come back and do more work, they were still there, but they had planted the seed. And so I'm I'm so grateful today for the fellowship of OA and for the example that we have of AA. And I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny S. Larry Kay, would you read the next paragraph for us? Absolutely. Thanks, Kathy, for your service. This is Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. It says, many a man, yet dazed from his hospital experience, has stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer. He succumbed to that gay crowd inside who laughed at their own misfortunes and understood his. Impressed by those who visited him at the hospital, he capitulated entirely when later in an upper room of of this house, he heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied with his own. The expression on the faces of the women, that indefinable something in the eyes of the men, the stimulating and electric atmosphere of of the place, conspired to let him know that here was haven at last. So, um, you know, what I read here, you know, and I, and I can relate. It's, it's, for me, it's all about identification. You had these people who were experiencing a, a change, a spiritual change. That's, that's what happened to these people. And then, you know, you, you, you consider these drunks, because back then it was a lot of gutter drunks, you know, that were coming in, perhaps with their wives, perhaps by themselves, and they were, you know, and, and there was laughter in there. You know, I, I go to a meeting. Um, one of the meetings that I go to, there's laughter. There is laughter. There's camaraderie. There's fellowship. But then when they get down to business and we talk about the steps, you know, there is deadly earnestness, you know, and there is, um, you know, if I came to the meeting and it was there wasn't a solution, there wasn't an answer, um, I might I, I like the hugs, I like the nurturing, but I wouldn't have gotten well. It's the steps that reduced my ego enough, kind of right-sized my ego, brought me up in those places where I needed to be brought up and, and also, um, you know, paid, perhaps taken down a notch where that needed to happen as well, where there was false pride and other things. And it just got me never perfect because I'm human, but it got me to be brought into alignment with my higher power. I had to understand my problem very clearly had to understand my problem and I had to identify in with the problem. Then if the problem was lack of power, then I had to identify and and understand with the solution. And the solution was clearly if I was powerless, it was access to that power. I was blocked off from that power. 
And then, you know, if the meeting then, then you know, shows us, just like these people with, the, with their gathering, how in the heck do you bring that solution to light? What do you do specifically to bring that solution to light? And you know what? That's what this book is all about that we read every morning. These are the instructions. It's a textbook to me. It's specific instructions that result in a very specific uh, um, uh, solution, which is access to that power. And it's not about science. It's really not about science. It's not two plus two equals four. But nonetheless, you know, when you become recovered, you change. You change, and the ego is reduced. That's really what happens and in order to effectuate that change, we have these 12 steps worked in sequence. That's why, we, why I come. That's why this meeting is so attractive, because there is an answer. There's a solution. There's a solution. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Who would like to share? Ms. Charles H. Charles H. Reva P. Reva P. Pat P. Pat P. Okay. Yes, the R. Yes, the R. Okay, let's go with those. Um, so we have Charles H., Reva P., Pat P., and Nessa R. Please go ahead, Charles H. Good morning, Kathy K. This is Charles H., a recovered composable reader. I was up late. Kind of sweet during the uh, the 10th inning. Let's go Cubs. Um, so, yeah, just so grateful this morning. Um, so um impressed by those who visited him at the hospital. He catapulted entirely when later in an upper room of this house, he heard the story of some man whose experience closely tallied with his own. So a vision for you, one of the last one of the last things that 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 was instilled in the book before it went to the presses, I found out I'm not a historian, but I dig, and you know this is it's not only a look ahead. Obviously, it it it, it is a look ahead, but it's a look back. Um, don't think you got this thing wrapped up because something can happen to the untreated alcoholism. Um on a daily basis. If I don't do this thing on a daily basis, it's over. And and um a vision for you, the chapter, it, it emulates you know, the forward, it emulates it emulates the the, the whole book. It emulates it emulates the, the, the forward to the second edition. Um but 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 it also emulates the doctor's opinion. It also emulates the first step, which is you know four chapters. It 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 lets me it, it this here right there where I talked about visiting the man in the hospital, um, the H and I commitment, hospital and institutions. You know, I wonder how much how many how many of us really uh, we live in back in this time when he was talking about you know people getting into people's houses and hospitality. We we're living in a in a in a, a selfie generation that everybody it's it's all about self and, and what don't page sixty two tell me that's my that's my problem? You know, are we emulating love? Um are we visiting people in a hospital? You know, 
there's people dying in the hospital, and we talking about love and patience. You know, this guy I went to a, a men's meeting last night. The meeting is weak. I went, you know, but it's okay. I went there to make an amends to this guy that, you know, been going in the meetings for so long. I took his, I judged him. He called me on the phone. I hung the phone up on him, and I went to go see him. And I went and made the amends face-to-face because that's what this program is all about. I am not Iron Man or I, I'm afraid to pick up the phone and make a 10-step call. But thank you, thank you to you, you, you ladies that we stand on your shoulders because you guys are 10-step giants. And that is the most unutilized steps in 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 this in this program. And you guys taught me, a, a scared little boy, that I I can I can call you guys when I have a problem. And that was the connection. That was the love that y'all showed me. I need to remain teachable. And I, I almost had a ten I almost had a ten step last night when when we blew that lead. But you know God is great. A hundred and eight years. Don't sleep on that person. Don't sleep on a favorite because you might not really have this if you don't go through the work. You got to go through the work, and you got to put the food down. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy K. Thank you, Charles H. And Reva P., please go ahead. Good morning. It's Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. This paragraph um, is a huge remember when for me when I came into my first meeting and, you know, I sat in the car in the parking lot quite a while or it felt like a really long time before I walked in because I didn't know what I was walking into. And the first person who greeted me, um, I got to tell you, it was not so much that he was at a healthy weight, but the energy, it it seemed like there were no bricks on his shoulders. He didn't have the weight of the world. He just emulated this freedom and this joy. Um, and that was so attractive. Um, that was almost more attractive than his healthy body size. Um, and um, that's what continues to attract me. So this paragraph for me is also a vision for now and the future, this is what a healthy meeting should look like, where the primary purpose is to carry the message to the newcomer, but also there's an electric atmosphere, there's an excitement, there are recovered people who are not only at healthy body weights, but who are content and joyful, and there's laughter, um, that electricness um, is so attractive. Um, and why do we have this atmosphere? Because it says here, we have an answer. There is a solution. There's an answer. And it's just not an intellectual answer, but there are people doing it, emulating it, living it, <laughs> breathing it. Um, and if that's not attractive, I don't know what is. So that's a good... Um, sort of benchmark to look at, you know, what is the meeting that I attend? Is there that same atmosphere? And what can I do to contribute to make it um, the way that it describes here? With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And Pat P., please go ahead. P? Mm-hmm. Not Pat. I'm sorry. Who is it? D.P.? No, it's Pat P, not Patsy. 
No, I said Pat P. Please go ahead, Pat. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Pat P. I'm uh, a compulsive overeater who's very grateful to be able to to uh, share and be able to be on vision for you. Um, the thing that stuck out to me was Haven at last. I had been very blessed to find two things in my life that connected at the same time and have allowed me to see, like you say, a vision. All through my rooms in the 12 steps, from the beginning to trying something else to where I am now, I can see God's hand in it. Um, The truth prevails when you find the truth and you know the truth. I had two things that happened in my life. One was the gospel, and the other thing was finding the 12 steps. And God led me to the vision for you. I did not go out looking for vision for you. But it is the way to live. It fills that emptiness. It fills you with much joy when you reach out to to newcomers or you just reach out to talk to somebody. It makes you feel very confident that everything is in control. It's not out of control. God is in control. And I'm very grateful for all the people who have spoken today and and uh, I'm just really, really grateful that there is a vision for you. There are meetings. And we do have to suit up and show up. And with that, I'll pass. Nessa R., please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R., covered in uh, Toronto, Canada. And... Um, I came into program almost 14 years ago, um, and I, I would say, unlike my local friends here, I, my, my experience was different. I did not step into the threshold or through the threshold um, to freedom. Um, I did get some relief, though, because I found out that I had a disease and that there was nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with my character, with uh, my morals or my, my willpower for that matter, you know, I just had a disease. But that's as far as it went. Um, that's, that's all I learned. Um, I didn't learn about the true nature of the problem, you know, the fact that I have an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind that dooms me to, um, to eat myself into oblivion. Um, and also I didn't learn about the practical program of action. The meetings that I started going to didn't even use the big book. Um, then I switched to other meetings that did use it, but they just read it like, you know, somebody reads, you know, a paperback novel, and the sharing was just based on, not in the book, but, you know, what's going on in my life, my problems, my successes even, but not about what was in this book. And so I struggled for a long time until um, God guided me to, to my current sponsor, and so you know, now as a recovered person, I see it as our responsibility to make sure that we develop truly strong meetings in our local areas, you know. Um, when I was, quote-unquote, growing up um, in a way locally, there's a strong meeting, uh, a meeting that had a lot of attendance with, you know, thin people was considered a strong meeting, um, even if those people were still restless, irritable, and discontented, which a lot of them were, 
even if those people were still selfish and egotistical, with a lot of those people were. Um, but now we need to really focus on developing strong meetings that carry the message of recovery. And we did this locally. Uh, we started a meeting dedicated to the careful study of the big book, just like this uh, Vision for You meeting. But even that is not enough because there's not enough sponsors. There's not recovered sponsors who know how to take people to the steps according to the big book. So we got to do more, you know, like, 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 uh, like, um, uh, the Williamses who were so selfless, we also need to grow out of our comfort zone and, and do more. And so we're thinking, you know, one of the ideas that we have is to start a local, I don't know, like, uh, in mass, uh, step, uh, taking people to the step or to a workshop or something that will last, you know, just a few months so that we can really help people recover in mass. Because even a meeting like this, we're not taking people through the steps. We're learning about the steps, but we're not taking people through the steps. And we need to develop the means to do that um, in order to, um, to grow uh, the, the base of sponsors and we can help other people recover. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this paragraph? I'd like to take a turn. Monica T. Oh, Monica, great. Monica T. Anybody else? Leah M. Leah M. Carrie C. Gladys F. Gladys F. There was someone before Gladys. Who was that? Carrie T. Carrie T. Okay, I think that. What, what page, please? I'm sorry. What page, please? 160. Okay, Monica T., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And what struck me this morning was some of this wording here. A man, dazed from his hospital experience, stepped over the threshold of that home into freedom. And we're giving, he's given us quite some pictures here. And he came away with an answer. And this is what struck me. He succumbed to that gay crowd inside. And I thought, where have I heard that before? Remember back uh, when Bill was trying to decide whether to succumb to the gay crowd in that bar when everything had gone wrong in Ohio and Akron. And so I'm thinking, well, look at that. They're using that wording again. Um, But here we have a whole different um, scenario, thank you, God. He succumbed to that gay crowd inside. The expression on the faces of the women, that indefinable something in the eyes of the men. And again, I thought, remember when Ebby was talking to Bill and he said, oh, my God, there was something, you know, he had that starry-eyed look about him, you know, and he was thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to get here? And here again, there's something in their eyes. But, you know, um, that's exactly what attracted me when I came into the rooms of OA, and thank God there were a few recovered people, was there was something about their eyes. They had a twinkle in their eyes. They had a smile on their face. They gave me hope. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. Uh, Leah, please go ahead. Thank you very much. This paragraph is power-packed. It just has so much in it. Uh, Many an alcoholic who entered there came away with an answer, 
and you know that that speaks to the responsibility that we have um, to teach and to share from our experience uh, to teach the uh, twofold illness that we have as real compulsive overeaters, allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, to teach that uh, the allergy of the body is a bad problem, but the greater aspect of the disease is the obsession of the mind, and that is the urgency for the 12-step process, which drives out the obsession of the mind and and takes us to a place of neutrality. Uh, He succumbed to that gay crowd inside, you know, perhaps you recall that word uh, meaning to yield to, to give in, uh, in the doctor's opinion, when we were succumbing to the effect of food. Now we read in this paragraph that this still suffering alcoholic uh, enters this room and he begins to succumb to the electricity, to the haven, to the place of safety and refuge. He begins to succumb uh, to the experience of what's happening in that room. And what is the attraction there? What is the attraction? The attraction is recovery. Because we're always <laughs> succumbing to something, you know? What are you succumbing to? Are you succumbing to the disease or are you succumbing to recovery? Um, it speaks about the stimulating and electric atmosphere of the place. And I have, if you have not experienced that in Overeaters Anonymous, which sadly, unfortunately, and tragically is the case for most, um, I beg you uh, to uh, experience this electricity. What is it like? Perhaps you might get a feel for it on the line here. Maybe you were able to experience it at the Visions uh, Convention in October of 2015, but the electricity is the recovery. We become passionate and we have meaningful pursuit because we've been given life. We've been given a new life. We have been reborn against all the odds of this disease. We have been reborn. We've been given purpose to serve in that constant consciousness of this process of helping other people. We've been given recovery to live better than most people because we're forced to live better by principles of this program so that we continue to grow. We're given a vision. The electricity also comes because we're given a vision. The steps invite us to be in harmony with God and ourselves and others. And we're given community. Community. Not vital in itself to create the change, but we have a fellowship that thrives on helping one another. And just wrapping up, you know, these meetings foster the recovery spirit of fellowship, but the steps provide the required uh, vital change, the spiritual awakening that's, that's vital uh, for this transformation. And with that, I pass. Thanks. We don't hear you, Kathy. Thanks, Janice. I didn't realize I was muted. Um, We won't have time for Carrie T. and Gladys F. I hope you'll stay uh, after we close the recorded meeting so you can share at the unrecorded meeting. It's now time to close our meeting. Thank you, everyone, who has shared. 
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Hoodie R, can you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only on page 164. Good morning to you, Kathy. Do you hear me? I do. Thank you, Hoodie. Okay. Um, my name is Hoodie R, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. Ask him. Um, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.